Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Great, so uh, we are uh, kicking off a new series called Uncomfortable, Living in God's Peace, Living in God's Grace. Um, and uh, I, I, there's several uncomfortable points that I, I, I will demonstrate as we go along. The first and foremost is I got to wear a stupid T-shirt. This is so uncomfortable for me. I lost a bet again. It's ridiculous. Like the Saints are eliminated from the playoffs. Get your phone and put it in your pocket. What? The Saints aren't even in the playoffs, and I have to wear this while I preach. Gosh. Because, wait, why are you clapping? You guys are Saints fans. I see Jed and Claire, and yes, and Seth clapping, but the rest of you, please don't clap. This is unbelievable, so uncomfortable that I have to wear this crap, this stuff, this thing. Sorry. Um, the Saints, who are sitting at home watching the game today, I am wearing their T-shirt, and the Patriots. That's why I'm wearing it, because I will no longer bet with Heidi, because I lose every time. Gosh, it is, it is a curse. It's terrible. So, uh, for... This is what you get, all right? Uncomfortable. We are, we are in and going to kick off this series, Uncomfortable. And uh, it really has to do with, and I talked about it two weeks, that we, we've spent the last year kind of going through laying some foundation, but I really feel like God wants to push us into a place that's uncomfortable, and uncomfortable is not necessarily a bad thing. Being comfortable can be really detrimental, but being uncomfortable when you're living in God's peace is a whole different thing. Because living in God's peace is, is so important for us as Christians. Why is it important that we avoid falling into this comfortable life? Because comfortable Christianity is far from the cost that God called us to walk in. It's so different than that idol crushing, that, that inconvenient faith that God has called us to walk in. The disciples of Jesus constantly lived in this uncomfortable place. And because they lived in this uncomfortable place, they lived in this place with Jesus. See, and, and, and what I want us to do as a church in this next year is to kind of step out of that comfort zone and step into this kind of uncomfortable place, trusting that God's peace and His grace will be sufficient for you. See, uncomfortable Christianity leads to a life that's transformed. It leads to us relying on God, not ourselves. To serve rather than to be served is uncomfortable. To live lives marked with sacrifice, it leads us to the hard things. Most of the world is looking to get out of the hard things and step into the things that are easy and comfortable. It embraces hard truths in our lives when we look in the mirror. To do life with hard people. None of you guys are those people, of course. For the sake of the glory of the one who did the hardest thing. It may be uncomfortable, but it'll be worth it. This next year may be uncomfortable for you if you come to this church. I'm just warning you. I, 
I can't let us sit in this place of just happy-go-lucky Christians that come and go twice a month. I'm going to challenge you on a couple of things, just practical things. One of them is that you come to church every, make it a commitment and make it a priority that you're in church regularly. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge you a little bit in that, uh, that you make it a commitment to actually be here at 10. So I, I know that's asking a lot. The pastor's getting real personal now. That you get up maybe just a little bit earlier. And that, that, you, that you're here at 10, ready to worship when the lights go down, and we're ready to go. Gosh, he's asking a lot of me now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch some of those points. I want to today just kind of lay the foundation and the, and the framework for where we're, we're going with this. So I, I've, uh, who do we got here to help me? Joe, yes. And do you want to help me out? We're gonna, I'm going to pass these out. They're going to pass these out to you guys. Let me have one of them, I think. This is a self-test that you guys can take today. Um, will you hand me my glasses, Chris? Or right, right there. I'm going to go through these points. Now, let, let me say, as you get these, I'll be real careful. This is uh, 10 signs I'm too comfortable with my Christianity. Now, when everybody gets them, know this. Therefore, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This isn't about guilt fest. This isn't about making you feel bad because you're all losers, okay? Come on, that's kind of funny. You guys are that, that, you're like that cool, you can't laugh at yourselves. Well, we're going to laugh a lot about ourselves, okay? Uh, this is, at, at, at each point, I, w- I want you to look at these, these boxes and go, is that me? And if it is, just kind of mark it off. Try not to look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor if you don't have any pride and you want to be humble, but I, take the pins, take an inventory. Then what I'm asking you to do is over this next season, just, just stick it in your Bible, put it somewhere. Watch, ask, seek God around, um, around this. Does that make sense? Everybody good with tests? Everybody good with taking inventory of their lives? All right, let's, uh, let's, let's get going. This should be fun. Do I have extra? Do we have extra back there? Front row, these, these three in the front row don't know how to, are we really, are we out? No, I don't need one. You guys, these, you guys, you get to share all three of your own. I'm sorry, I thought I printed up. Joe, we got some up here if, if they need. All right, I've got, I've got mine on my, uh, so I'm good. All right, so we're, we're going to do a little self-evaluation to kick off the year, Okay. Just check the box. I'm going to give you time to pray, think, and, and, and talk about it. Ten signs. I'm too comfortable in my Christianity. Number one, and here we go. We might as well start off big, and we might as well stir the pot right away. There's absolutely no friction. You are, you're too comfortable in your Christianity if there's no friction between your Christianity and partisan politics. Don't check it yet. No, no, no. I'm going to give you time to check, okay? I'll, hey, you just sit there and look good. I'll tell you what to do, okay, people? <laughs> Um, look, this, this is big. This is huge. Look at this. You, you're too comfortable in your Christianity if there's absolutely no friction between your Christianity and your partisan politics. If you're all in with one political party and never feel any tension whatsoever with your Christian faith, it probably means that you're too comfortable. Look, whether you're a lifelong Democrat whether you're a diehard Republican, a balanced Christian faith should create separation with politics at various points. It has to. 
a faith that aligns perfectly with one political party is suspiciously convenient and lacks prophetic witness. What am I saying here? God did not say Trump is the man for the evangelical party, period. I'm going to make some people mad. Sorry. God did not. Now, here's the tension here. Nothing happens that doesn't go through the hands of God Almighty. Nothing. And in fact, Hebrews says that he sets in leaders and kings. Please turn off your phones. That's, that's, God is in control. But when the Christian right grabs a hold of this banner and places it over Trump, and there's no tension that you fight with in your soul because you know how he treats women and has treated women, because you know what his life looks like, and just because he proclaims he's a Christian, I'm not saying he's not or he is. If you don't have any tension there, something's wrong. Let's go to the other side. If you don't have any tension with the Democratic Party and some of the things that are happening there, if you're so partisan in either side that your, your Holy Spirit, God-breathed word isn't just twisting you a little bit, you're too comfortable in your faith. And you're missing it. Don't jump on the bandwagon with the signs that Jesus appointed Trump. Don't jump on the bandwagon with the signs that Trump's going to hell. Wrestle. I'm not telling you to be a Democrat or a Republican. You know what I'm telling you? Be a Christian. Follow Jesus. Then let the chips fall where they may. And if you can articulate a conviction that God has given you about this man and you voting for him or the next woman or man that you vote for, great, let's have a conversation. But do not bury someone who's a Democrat or Republican because that is antichrist. Don't set them up. Oh, it's so good. I love this. There should be some friction. Jesus wasn't a Democrat, he wasn't a, a, a Republican. Number two, you're, you're too comfortable in your faith if there are no paradox, tensions, or unresolved questions in your faith. If, if you've never wrestled with this word, if you don't grab this word regularly and eat it and, and devour it and then go, what the heck? If, you're, if your mind isn't blown away by the, the Christian tenets of this, the theology that sits in here, Trinitarian theology, are you kidding me? Full, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all it just, ah. If, if, if you don't wrestle with it, we're going to talk a little bit about next week, in the incarnate Jesus, his incarnation, if, if his sovereignty, if the Spirit's presence in your body, if all those things, if Noah's ark and old earth, newer, if you don't wrestle with all those things, you're too comfortable in your faith. Look, the questions are not the issue. God's not moved because you have questions and you don't totally understand what this word says and you're not comfortable with it. Now, conversely, there's a point where God says, enough's enough. Just, you're going to have to trust me on this. Was it a literal day? Did, did, was there literally an ark? Literally, you, you, there's a point where you just go, okay, God, I don't know how, and it seems absolutely nuts, unless you watch Evan Almighty on, on, on TV. You know, it, it just doesn't seem right, but hey, hey, God is God. I'm not. I've got to trust him in this. See, a healthful, healthy, uncomfortable faith constantly messes with you. 
It prods your, all of your, your reason and thinking. It blows your mind. It's a faith that leaves you relentlessly wanting to know more. Okay, I got to know how you do this, God. Show me, God. Reveal yourself to me. And you're never satisfied. You're never satisfied in what you've grasped about God. See, God is so big and complex, he's constantly revealing himself to us. So for you to sit in the satisfaction of, oh, okay, God's God, you're too comfortable in your faith. Number three, that's a good one. Your friends and your coworkers are surprised to learn that you're a church-going Christian. That sounds so high. You know, you go to your office every day, you do your thing. A sure sign that your faith is too comfortable is if nothing in your life sets you apart as a follower of Jesus. To, point, to, to the point that even those who know you well can't tell that you're a Christian. Getting uncomfortable in here? A comfortable Christian is one who easily blends looking and talking and acting just like the world. If you're just sitting in your office space, if you're sitting in a place with your friends and having coffee, and there's no delineation between this Jesus that saved me and, and, and the world, maybe a little too comfortable in your faith. God may be shaking things up a little bit. You may be doing something. Number four, you never think about or even remember the Sunday sermon on Monday. One of my favorite. Why are you guys laughing? Gosh. You're way too comfortable in your faith if you don't even think about what I said this week. Now, not everything I said is, is important. It is in my mind, but it, it, not everything. But if, if God, the Holy Spirit, if you don't come in here with a prepared heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and grab a piece of you, if there's something that you can't take with you, if you don't wrestle with something and, and, and chew on something throughout the week, you're probably too comfortable. If you're sleeping in this service, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You had a long night the night before. But if you're consistently sleeping in this service, then let's, let's think about it. None of you sleep. Do you guys want to hear my, my, uh, my key to people sleeping in the church? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what. what if, 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 this is how you know if someone's asleep in our church. When I go, all right, like something like that. If someone's sleeping, I always go, and Jesus, you know, and I clap real loud. So next time I go, and know that someone's sleeping. And if it's you, go, oh, gosh, he knows it was me. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, gosh. Um, we're, well, sorry, I'm up for it. Um, biblical preaching, I, 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 I think, I'm pretty sure because I have people in my life that speak to me that are, the preaching is fairly biblical. If it isn't, get, just run. If the, 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 the preaching here isn't biblical, please go to a different church. If the preaching is not biblical and we start to have Kool-Aid up here, run as fast as you can. <laughs> just Sprint. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but, but biblical preaching shouldn't leave us bored. Come on, now, therefore there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What, look, we all have nights. I get it. You know, I, I don't have this, unmet, this crazy expectation that sometimes you're just going to you know, go out and just not brain fog, whatever. I, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm talking about consistently. See, but if you're only here twice a month and you check out of one of those, then we're down to once a month. 
Ah, it's getting real in here. This Bible is alive. It says this in Hebrews, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This Bible discerns the thoughts and intentions of your heart. It awakens me. It directs me. It leads me. It brings peace. It guides me. It convicts me. All of those things, and if they're not happening in your life, leaving this place on Sunday, one or two things. I'm not doing my job, or you're not preparing your heart to come and receive what God would speak. One of the two. If you're not getting something out of this, you're probably real comfortable in your faith. Number five, you've never experienced God's grace after trusting him by tithing. Ooh, we're going to really upset some people now. (laughs) If giving to church looks more like tipping God, or you think the church is always after your money, then I invite you, if, if this is at all your mindset, I invite you to come and count the offering with Eddie or someone some week. What? Oh, sorry. Sorry. I've shifted. <laughs> I did, yeah. Please. Fine. Count, count it. And if you think that's what I'm after when you see our offering... In trouble. <laughs> this doesn't mean pay for her new purse. <laughs> it, 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 it. Look, I'm not saying that that isn't the case everywhere. I'm not saying that my heart hasn't been perverted in, in that sense before. I'm not saying that those thoughts don't. I, I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that that's, that's not what God has called us to here. You want to be honest? I, I, I got a job. This isn't my only gig. I have a job. So I, I work 30-plus hours. Uh, I get up at 5 and go do that, and then I, I do the church. So there's, I, I'm not in this for the money. I'm in this because God's called me to do this. And, and here's the thing with, with, with this uncomfortableness around, around tithing, you know. Faithful giving is an act of worship where I get to see and experience God's faithfulness like never before. I'm going to challenge you to tithe and watch what God might do. Uncomfortable as it is. It is uncomfortable when I take this check many times and I drop it in the offering on a Sunday. It's uncomfortable because I know the balance sheet. I have yet, in 23 years of of ministry, I have yet, not one time, have I seen God go, oops, pull the rug out and just crash and burn. Now, that's not to say I haven't made some decisions that were foolish with my money that cost me, but that's not on God, that's on me. Big difference here. Big difference here. If tithing is something you've never done, I'm going to challenge you this year. Some of you won't come back. Okay. All right with that. Still got a job. <laughs> See, ha- this is the beauty of having a job that I, I draw most of my salary from. <laughs> I don't care if you guys leave. <laughs> I can say some things that maybe some other pastors won't say because they need the gig. 
I love being here. That's why I do what I do. So I'm gonna, I want to challenge you to step out in faith in this area and what God might do. <laughs> no, no one in your church ever. You're uncomfortable. You're, you're too comfortable in your, in your faith if no one at your church ever annoys you. I mean, this whole front row over here, dear God, Lord, so dang annoying. Just, uh, I'm telling you, people are annoying. I'm annoying. It just, it just, human nature, people are that way. And you, you get some weird people, no one in here, I'm sure. If you go to church with people who are always easy to talk to, always fun to be around, you know, and, and always closely aligned with your opinions, ta uh, tastes, and preferences, your Christianity is too comfortable. You know that person, that guy, that girl that's like, oh, it's just a little uncomfortable being around him. You just kind of cheap it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was, I was at the wedding last weekend, doing the wedding. We're at the um, reception afterwards, and I was with my cousin, Sean, who's funny as can be. Uh, actually, this, this guy that, that I met came over, and we started talking, and he's telling me all this stuff about it. It's just so into about what he's doing in the ministry, whatever. I, you know, it, it just but blah, 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 blah. It's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> So I, I, he's, I'm sure he's a great guy. Um, so I, but, you know, the oldest trick in the book, and I'm giving you a little heads up because you can use this trick. Um, I said, Sean, come here. I want you to meet someone. <laughs> great guy. And they started talking. I knew he was going to go through the same routine, and I knew how had an exit plan. And he goes right to the same routine, and I just kind of just slowly, and I can see Sean's face as I slowly slide out of there. I'm like, yeah, you know, giving it to him there. You can use that one. I won't be offended. I promise. Look, there's no getting around. People are annoying. It just, it is. Let's, let's try this. Okay, look to your right. Is that, if that, look and see if that, if that person is annoying. Now look to your left. Do you see an annoying person? Now if you've looked to your right and your left and you haven't seen an annoying person, you're the annoying person. Okay? It just, it is church. You're too comfortable in your faith if you never feel challenged, only affirmed. If all you get is hugs and we love you and you're the greatest champ and you're the best and you know that that's just that's not how the the word is truth and it sits in my face and tells me the truth and it offends me many times. If you're a Christian, faith never confronts your idols and challenges your sinful habits, but only affirms who you are. This is a sure sign that you're too comfortable in your faith. Healthy faith doesn't just celebrate you as you are, but it relentlessly molds you. See, this word changes you. It should change you. If you're walking in the fullness of this word, in the faith of God, it, it, it does something in you. It can't but do something in you. You start to look a little bit more like Jesus when you read this word. When you allow people in your life, when you allow people to speak truth into your life, when you allow people to tell you, hey, this is an issue. See, it's, it's, it is a, it's a beautiful thing when, when you can be vulnerable to a place that you trust someone and they go, hey, brother or sister, that's sin. That's sin. And what your heart should be, your initial is like, ah, should be, thank you. That you love me enough to tell. Look, spiritual and the natural run parallel. You do it with your kids. You love them, therefore you tell them it's sin. Mm -hmm. 
if, if, if we love each other, we should be able to challenge and tell one another in a loving way. You've you're comfortable in, in your Christianity. If you've never had to have a truth in love conversation with a fellow Christian, kind of running in the same lines. Truth in love, what does that mean? It's always more comfortable to just live in that, you know, ah, oh, you're great, I love you so much. So much easier. It's, it's so much easier. But, but when there's an offense or sin that needs to be called out, it's more comfortable to just shrug when others see it in our community making unhealthy decisions. It's just, ah, they're making an unhealthy decision. This isn't how true Christian love works. It's not how it works. I, I, I want to show you how I, I experienced this this week, and, and it really ticks me off. Very uncomfortable for me. Okay? So I, 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 I go to my doctor's. <laughs> I go to my doctor's, and my doctor is one of my best friends. So, um, so he... He, let me, before you read this, so I go to him. He does all my lab work for me, and and which is is this all this? You can see there's a, there's some red in there. That's um, he knows what I'm eating, he knows what I'm drinking, he knows if I've uh, had a, a dip, I wouldn't ever have that, but he would know the nicotine side of things. Why are you guys shaking your head like you're judging me? Why are you judging me? He, he can see if I've been working out by all. He runs a, a litmus of tests. He can, he can see it all. So we walk away from um, this. He says, you're pre-diabetic and you're in a perfect position to have a heart attack. To which I'm like, come on, dude. You know, uh, I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm in great shape. I look good. I feel good. <laughs> Just look. I take off my shirt. Look at this. Who doesn't want a piece of this? He's like, I, I don't care what you think. This, this man's a Christian. I led him to the Lord and been discipling him and, and just, you know, great, great man. Um, wrestling with his faith and, and trying to be the man that God has called him to be. So about two or three hours later, he sends me this text. This is from Ezekiel 33, 8 through 9. It says this. It says, when I tell wicked people they, are di they will die because of their sins, you must warn them to turn from their sinful ways. But if you refuse to warn them, you're responsible for their death. If you do warn them and they keep sinning, they will die because of their sins and you will be innocent. He sends me that scripture and then he says this in the text. This says, uh, uh, this says to me this. God wants me to warn you that the end results of your sinful way. Are you kidding me? My sin, I'm drinking soda, having a wine, and eating Taco Bell. He's calling out my sin. He says, the end result of your sinful way is disease and death. And by failing to warn you, he holds me, the doctor, he's saying, God will hold me accountable that I didn't say it to you. And then he, he just throws this in such a jerk. He says... He says, have you warned anyone about, have you warned anyone about anything lately? To which I responded, yes, I'm warning you, you're going to hell if you don't leave me alone. <laughs> Look, there, there's, there's something to, to e, e, truth in love. I know this man loves me. And the only reason he's saying this, and it, it took me a little bit to wrap my head around it, and it's unbelievable how God will give you prophetic words. He's like, I'm driving 
home listening to a message, and this is what comes out, this Ezekiel passage, and God says, it's for you to give to him. And I'm like, ugh. See, love isn't opposed to truth. We got this backwards. We, we, we think love is opposed to truth. Oh, I love you too much to tell you, brother. And if your faith doesn't include the capacity to speak hard truths in love, it's too comfortable. It's too comfortable. Now, let's balance this a little bit. I mean, let's not go have tacos and you guys start calling each other out on being taco fat, dying people or something. I don't know. What, <laughs> let, let's balance it a little bit. But, but let me tell you, if you have a relationship and you love someone and God says, speak the truth, the reality is this. He's not lying. And if I die in, in, in five, ten years because I have a heart attack because I want to eat Taco Bell, drink soda, and have a glass of wine, then it's on me. Uh, there's a culpability that I walk in. We don't talk about gluttony, do we? Does anybody know that that is a sin? And, and, and I, I love it. I have a metabolism that's a little better than some people, so I don't, I don't just look like a, a fat person <laughs> necessarily. That's, that's not, I didn't get, I didn't choose that gift, God, you know. But when you look behind the scenes, God's going, you don't change this. You just might not be there for the church that I've called you to lead. You might not be there for the children I've called you to walk with. You might not be there to preach the gospel to those I've called you to preach the gospel. Okay, that makes a little more sense. Number nine, no one in your church uh, could comment on any area of growth they've seen in you. You're a little comfortable in your, your faith. If no one in your church can comment, say, man, I'm really seeing some growth in your life. To believe in the gospel of Jesus is to believe in change. To, to, to read this word is to read that I can change. To walk in this word is, is to walk in the hope that I'm not what I was. I'm a new creation in Christ. I don't have to be bound by that sin. I can be walking the freedom. I don't have to live in that addiction. I can walk in freedom. I don't have to be the person that was a complete fill in the blank. I can be a new creation in Christ and walk in that. That's what this word says. And if no one can point to you and go, man, I, I just, man, I see a little, I see a little growth in your life. I love it. Then you're a little too comfortable. If you're a Christian who grows so little that no one in the church or any one of your friends can identify any area of improvement, your faith is too comfortable. Just too comfortable. Number 10. I bet you're happy we're on number 10. <laughs> your faith is a little too com comfortable if you've never had the opportunity to lead someone to be Jesus' saving grace. Now, what did I say? Therefore, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Look, if you've never led someone to, to Jesus, okay, there's tomorrow. There's next week. There's next year. Look, this year, if you're going to come to this church as every week or as much as you can, if you're going to be here, 
uh, I'm going to stretch and I, I'm going to ask you at some point to step out of that comfort zone and, and preach the gospel of Jesus to someone who doesn't know you. And I'm not talking about standing up here with a Bible and preaching. I'm talking about having a cup of coffee and, and someone sitting there in, in hopelessness and you're able to go, the only hope that I walk in is that of Jesus. And the Bible says this, that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised from the dead, I will be saved. And you can have that same gift. Really? How? You just pray a prayer. And then allow me to walk you. And let me show you what it means to be a Christian. And God's just, I, I can only imagine, he's just going, gosh, I so want to use you. I so want to, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. It's God that does the work. But he says this, that, that some of us plant and, and throw seeds and some of us water. I want to water and I want to seed and I want to be a part of that experience that watches people's lives get changed because it's powerful. So good. And if you've never had that opportunity to just sit down and lead someone to the Lord, this is the year, I'm, I'm convinced. Because here's what I know. When I submit in my uncomfortableness to God, say, God, give me an opportunity, he will do it. He will do it. And that's some of the uncomfortableness we're going to walk in this year. See, because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you and lives in me. And God's heart is broken for the lost. Your neighbor, your coworker, your family member that doesn't know Jesus, his heart is broken. And it says this in 2 Peter 3, 9, not wishing that anyone should perish, that all should reach repentance. The Bible says that God wants each one of us to come into this relationship and restore our relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. And he wants you to bring it to people's lives. Crazy. Almost sounds like church. That's what God's been showing me. That's what we're going to walk in. If you don't like it, then don't come back. I, okay. If you, if you don't like it, you know what's happening? The Holy Spirit's stirring, making you feel really uncomfortable. And you know what? You, you really should be back. You really should. For some of you that like the challenge of things, excellent. Let's, let's, let's challenge in some of the little things. Try to be here every week. I don't need that for my ego because we've preached to 15 people in this place before. I can preach to 15 again. I would like to have a few more. <laughs> but, you know, be on time. I got donuts for that. Coffee. Just get up a little bit earlier. I don't know. Call me crazy. Uncomfortable. Living in God's peace. The next 14 weeks we're going through this. Wow, that sounds like a lot. We're going to talk about uncomfortable situations throughout Scripture that Jesus walked the disciples through. Now, the, the second half of that is, if I just left you there, that sounds pretty, uh, it's, it's the peace part that's so good. That's so good. It, it's not concealed in the knowledge only revealed to those who are, are preachers and, and the, the pious. And that's, that's not where God's peace is. The secret is hidden in plain sight throughout scriptures. It's available to anyone. God's peace is available to you and me, anybody who's willing to believe it. Trusting God is not easy, but it's not complex. We're all called to trust God, and when we do, peace, he rushes in. 
Some of you need to trust God today with your health. Some of you need to trust God today with your children. Some of you need to trust God today with a a, a spouse or a girlfriend or boy. Some of you need to trust God today with your finances. Some of you need to trust God today with the loss that you've had. there's, There's a myriad of things that you can trust God with. But it's this. Peace only comes when I go in and I trust God with it. And this is what it says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything. That's easier. It's not complex, but it's easier said than done. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says, pray, ask, think. Pray, ask, think. Pray, ask, think. And the peace of God rushes in. The peace of, you know what we do? Ah, I'm drowning. Oh, God, rescue me. And, and it's just, ah. No, wake up tomorrow, pray, ask God, and thank him. And watch God's peace come in your life. So this is what the next few weeks look like. Leading up to Easter, I guess that's 13 weeks. Um, these are the topics we'll hit. So, oh, hell. Yeah, that's a good one. Don't miss oh, hell. That's a really good one. Um, God in a box next week without food. That's a bad place to be, God in a box without food, without lust, without enemies. Who knew? Seems like rough out there. Hating mom and dad. Is she naked? There's another good one you won't miss. Rich, young, rich, young, and a ruler. Um, Eat what? Oh, hell, betrayed. And then we land on Easter. We land on Easter. Now that I've got you intrigued, maybe you will come to church the next week. (laughs) Don't just pick the ones that really intrigue you. Just come and see what God might do. Come with a a level of faith and expectancy. Next week, we're going to talk about uncomfortable. God in a box without food. What the heck does that mean? I don't know. Might want to show up and find out. (laughs) Uncomfortable, living in God's peace. I'm going to ask you, and we're going to try to we have testimonies throughout the week. Here's the first place of uncomfort that I, I want to place you today. It's, I, I'm, I'm looking for volunteers to help at the school once or twice a week. Not in, you know, forever, but for the rest of the, the school year. What do they need? They need volunteers to help at lunchtime for, I think it's 40 minutes, and they do these Lego projects. It, it's really uncomfortable to sign up. Pray about it. Is there anybody who would be willing to come and spend some time with some of the kids? And then lastly, I want you to look at your cards. I want you to look at your cards. The, the musicians are going to come up right now. And I want, I, I'm asking you um, to take a, an honest inventory. Those, those ten things that I just went through are on your cards. And, and just go, mm, go through them. Before you, we, we're getting ready to receive our offering and communion. Before you come up and receive, uh, and before you give and receive, just check your heart. What, what areas am I really comfortable in of these 10 that he talked about today? And just check them off. Put it somewhere. And allow God to do something in your heart. And when you come here to receive communion... The Bible says this, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body that's been broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And then he took the wine said, it represents my blood. And he, and he said, drink this in remembrance of me. 
And as you come, and, and, and it's really about setting your life straight at the cross. And as you come and do that, just bring those areas and go, okay, God, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to have peace. I want to have peace. And before you receive communion, just, just repent. God, forgive me for walking in this comfort. God, forgive me for judging those Republican idiots. Ah, yeah, no one laughed at that one. You guys are all Republicans, huh? Um, God, forgive me for not speaking love and truth. God, forgive me. And then just say, God, I, 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 I want to walk out of this. Will you direct me? And will you guide me? Allow God to do what he might do. It's all right to be in that uncomfortable place as long as God's peace follows behind it. As long as his peace is there. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.